one relied on me. So, communion. We celebrate open communion for a reason. Because we're a church that wants to create latitude for God to work. Right? So God, God has to be top dead center. He is everything that we're aiming at. He is everything that we base everything off of. Right? So God has to be the center. So if Jesus said the only way to the Father is through the Son... And Jesus said on the night in which he was betrayed that this was his last supper, that he was going to be with the Father, that he's preparing a room, that uh, the blood and the, and the body, right, like you're receiving him in. So it all stems from God to the Son to his disciples. What's a disciple? A student, a follower, somebody who wants to learn about Jesus, somebody who is learning, taking that time. So he did that with his disciples. This is where I think that the message kind of gets messed up. Because, I mean, there's always these things. Terry, I heard you looked it up to see what you came up with about um, if you're inviting a curse on yourself or not. If you're inviting a curse on yourself or not for communion. Okay, no, but before you've looked it up. Now what'd you come up with? Some will say that you invite a curse on yourself. I don't know about that. I don't I didn't necessarily read it that way. At least I don't remember it. So the story as I remember it is, you know, Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer that we oftentimes say after (laughs) communion. And in that, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So there's something, there's something where all of God's word is intertwined and interwoven with the heart of the Father, right? So that's that's what Father wants from us. So if Jesus is teaching us about how we should go and pray, the very things that we're called to do, the very things that we're called to be, right? Does that make sense? Then we should be looking at everything that we do and we should at least be having a basic understanding of it, right? So if, if I believe in Jesus and Jesus tell me to be like this, telling me to do this, telling me to pray like this, telling me these things, and then he dies, and then he says that this is my body and this is my blood. I'm taking Jesus in. There has to be something somewhere along the lines that brings it all together. As I said, all the word and everything we're supposed to learn here is supposed to be intermingled. It's supposed to be, right, like it all comes from Jesus. It all is God's word. It's spoken out. So maybe I'm stretching, but I, I, I don't believe that anybody would want to take communion if you didn't believe in Jesus. 
Like, why, why would you want to? Perhaps. But if we believe as the word tells us, and this is where it gets interesting, I think, because it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that this is turned from a wafer and this is turned from grape juice or wine, which is a whole other argument. Did they actually drink wine that got you drunk or did they drink grape juice that was not yet fermented yet and called it wine? Interesting question, huh? <coughs> Regardless. <laughs> Regardless. Jesus himself said, this is my body and this is my blood. So as we take communion, it's something really, really important to me that we know who Jesus is and we know what he's saying. We know what this means. It's not just a cracker. It's not just juice. You see, on the night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread, he blessed it, gave thanks, and then he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body. It says it in the Bible. I'm not smart enough to argue with the word of God. So when I read it, I'm going to read it as it is, as it says it is, as it said for thousands of years, because it even tells me in there that every word is God-breathed. So I have to stand somewhere, right? If I'm a Christian, I have to stand somewhere, and I have to stand for something. So I'm going to stand for God, and I'm going to stand for the word of God. Now, if somebody wants to try and prove me wrong, that's okay. We can have conversation. I welcome that. But the word, the word tells me that he said, this is my body broken and shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. He blessed it and he gave thanks. And he said, take and drink. This is my blood. Now here's the, here's the neat part. The blood of the new covenant. And that tells us it's something new. Like, if not before, then perhaps now. But something new is coming. Something new is happening because this is the blood. What, was, what did blood represent throughout history before that? Sacrifice, right? Like they always sacrifice. And so this is the sacrifice of God, the blood of his son, the spotless one for us. The new covenant, there's a new promise coming. And that promise is that your sins are forgiven. That promises that Jesus fulfilled the law. And so we take and we drink. And then, uh, I don't know if we've done it. Did we do it last time, sing the doxology? No, you no. It's possible. We're not going to skip over it tonight. Because I really want to hear Noel sing it. So, Noel, if you could, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just love your voice, Noel. Um, but in the seat pockets behind you or in front of you are the ducks. Excellent.
Anybody else need one? Yvonne, do you need it? I know it by heart. What's that? I said, yes, I know it. Excellent. Isn't that great? Like, and so why, who can tell me why we sing the doxology? Praise God. Praise God. Tradition. We can honor tradition here, absolutely. But it also says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So we're giving recognition and we're giving credit for where our blessings come from. And it's a constant reminder. Because one thing I know about Christians is we leak. Yeah? We leak. And so if we're going to be running around leaking stuff out, we better start putting stuff back in. <laughs> right? And so we better, we better just get to the point of remembering where all of our blessings come from. And that keeps us humble, keeps us hungry. Amen? So if you guys would sing with me, we'll, we'll sing it. Ready, Alora? On two. Let me see that little peanut. My little, st my little stinker, but. Hey, what's the fit about there, buddy? What's going on? You ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. All right, we can go home now. I got the kid. I got, I got the kid. I got the kid. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's my little peanut butter. Aren't you, sweetie? Huh? Does it get a little late in the day? Yeah, that's okay. So we've been talking, and David, no, I'm so glad you guys came. Because it's everybody's, it's the church's favorite subject. Who can remember? Giving. Giving. All right. Yeah. It's about giving. <laughs> and, and so I say it because we talked a little bit last week about what's enough. Enough of what? Enough for what? Because it has to come to this point, like, if we're going to think about giving, time, treasure, talent, we are going to assign and assess value to each and every one of those, right? Like, how many of you guys have an idea of what your money's worth to you? So what are you willing to give versus what did it cost to get it, right? I work too dang hard for my money. I work too dang hard for my enter fill in the blank, whatever that might be. So who's got their, their figure? Right? Um, how many of us struggle just to make it? Right? Like each week, each week is a challenge, each week is a struggle, and therefore we feel like we just can't do it. Right? Absolutely. I had to, uh, myself, I had to take it right to the finance, financial department at my company and have it directly taken out because I don't want to see it. I know that I'm giving it, I'm reminded and it's done for me. 
Bada bing, bada boom. Automatically. But I made a commitment for myself to be 10%. Guess what it is when I have nothing? Yeah? Yeah, 10. 10. Five and five. 10. Five and five. Yep, 10. Good job. <laughs> so, but each and every one of us, we have to get to this place where we understand what's going on because it's not all about money. Where did it start so many, many years ago? Where? Right, but where did tithing start? Okay, Abraham and he was tithing to who? Who? Melchizedek? <laughs> so in Genesis, way back in Genesis 6 or something like that, it was Abram was tithing to Melchizedek. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. She's Yep. Spot on. And so it's why is it important for us to think about some of these things like giving? What did they give back then? Their fruits, their labor, but they also gave some of the profits from their harvest. And that was just a thing that they did and it was part of the law <laughs> right it was part of the law and that's really important for us to remember because one of the things that people will always say is well tithing's not really mentioned in the new testament and they will say that it's not it's not really that thing anymore so we can just put that aside and do whatever right and so what is that doing what does that do Makes us think that we, I, I don't know, would choice be the right word? Have a choice in the matter? But should we not be walking in obedience to the Father, first and foremost? Amen. Is that not what Amen. we, is that not what we talk about doing? And, and the way that we choose to live our lives is in obedience to the Father, yeah. right? But yet, I'm only obedient to the Father in certain things. So what am I doing? What am I doing when I'm not obedient to God? And this is really where I take a strong stance. I don't care if you give 1% or 10% or 20%. I don't care. I don't care because it's between you and God. I care that you know what the law states, what the word tells us, and that you and God have a conversation. You get it figured out. Because remember the little lady who gave two mites? It was all she had. It was nothing to the others around. They're like, well, what is that for a gift? So you see, in the kingdom of God, you're thinking that you have to give X, Y, or Z, but God wants you to give from your heart. Right? And so when we talk about time, treasure, talents, do I have to give all three? Or if I tithe, am I good? What's that? It depends on what God, that's a good, that's a real good answer. But it's a, certainly a possibility that he wants all three, right? So how many, how many hours in a week are there? 868, you were so close. 168 hours in a week. How many 
hours are a tenth of a week? 16.8. So if I ask you, okay, so you're not giving financially, how are you doing giving of your time? And say you want to do 10%, how many of you are giving God 16.8% or 16.8 hours? Womp, womp, womp. Right? Okay. And it's not like the thing you need to understand, another thing you need to understand is there's no shame in this game, right? Because we're all at a point where we're learning, we're learning and we're growing. And so God knows, he knows your heart. He knows your heart. And that's what he's after. What's that? Uh, that would certainly be an offering. That would certainly be part of your treasure and your talent. Uh, tithe, we'll get into the definition. So you'll kind of get a, maybe a, a little bit more of a, a, an idea on that. You know, because sometimes we can get so wrapped up in things outside of the church that we forget the church, Amen. right? And so I'm not saying one way or another. I'm saying that I want to present to you a viewpoint so that you can make a decision yourself. And again, it all goes back to God, right? So if you're obedient to God, then you're golden. My line of thinking is like this. If I, just for a second, I'm going to leave God out of the equation of tithing. Just for the sake of conversation, common sense tells me that to operate this place that we call What's common? Uh, What's common? Right. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but you know, a lot of times we don't necessarily understand the whole deal, and, and ultimately it has to be about God. It's between you and God. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and then we'll get this message started. How's that sound? So, Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and the way that you just love us ridiculously, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that we can come together tonight and hear your word. And, Lord, I just ask that you would have a message for each person, that you would speak to each heart in this room, and that it would be what it would be, and that we would walk in obedience to you, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Amen. What? Take her where? Do I look like I want you to take her? I don't share well. I gave my ten percent. I gave my ten percent already. I explained that whole thing to you. You're not getting this one. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't be bad. Ready, Peter Butter? Yeah, go see Uncle Jody.
I just absolutely love that kid. I love all kids. All right. So here we go. Matthew 23, 23. So if you have your Bibles. It's in yours. It's in your Bible. Matthew 23, 23. All right, anybody there who wants to be there? Amen. All right. Yes, ma'am. 23, 23. And I love this because this... This, so I was having a pretty rough day today. It was 2 o'clock. I had no message. I had no message. My food was done, but I had no message. And I just couldn't focus. My brain was, I had a little Rudy toot tooting going on up here. And nothing was coming. Praying. Just one of those days where I could not get motivated, couldn't get focused, couldn't anything. But I knew that we were on tithing, and I knew that we had to get going on something. So Matthew 23, 23 comes up. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, comma, hypocrites. For you, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Then it says, these you ought to have done. What are these you ought to have done? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness, right? So you still need to do that. This is like what you should have been doing. And here's the fun one. The last line just trips my brain. And if you think about what he's saying here, now this is Jesus Christos. And he says, without neglecting the others... Oh boy. Without neglecting what others? <laughs> Without neglecting your tithing of mint and dill and cumin. <laughs> right? So is Jesus telling us that we should still be tithing? Yes. Yes. Right? It's right there. That's him. The man himself said it. Right there. But it doesn't say anything about tithing in the New Testament. That's an Old Testament thing. Really? It's like, really, guys? Really? You see, because this is, this is how people have been bending and twisting the word to get out of it. It's just like all these other things that are wrapped in the Bible. And then we say, well, because I'm emotionally involved in this, then I'm going to neglect that. So we have... Children peeing in cat boxes in schools because they think they're a cat. And, and the church is not standing up and saying there's something going on. How do we love our kids? How do we stand by and support families where children are struggling with things? Because it's a real struggle. Right? And so once again... We get all up on our high horse and we forget mercy, justice, and faithfulness. We forget so many things. And guys, it's not a either or. 
It's a both and, and if the church doesn't start loving people, if the church doesn't start doing what the church is supposed to do, it's going to keep going the way that it's going. You see, because if you're saying that, well, I don't have any money, but I can give my time, and you're not at 16.8 hours a week giving to the Lord, what are you doing? Are you good? Right? Like, we can't just keep shorting God every single time we turn around on every single subject, can we? We have to understand that love and justice and all these things need to be in place, that we need to love people, we need to, we need to give. We, the church, need to get to that place where we can love people, where we can love those that God puts around us. Right? Just like our tithing, well, God, I just can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do 10%, God. Well, maybe you can't. But what's God calling you to do? Because I guarantee you, the one thing God is not telling you to do is to do nothing. I will guarantee you that without, without even knowing your particular situation. There is no way that you are called to do nothing. So what are you doing? And what are you going to do? You've neglected weightier matters, so what's, what's more important than mint? What's more important than these other things? Right. That's Jesus telling us this. It's weightier. Weightier how? What's, what's the difference of this weightiness? Why would he say weightier? Like that's kind of an odd word. Comes from the heart. Anybody else got any other ideas? Like, what is this? What does this possibly mean or look like? More important. More important. Yeah, you're you're balancing out because we know throughout Scripture that He's always talking about an equal and fair balance. But if He's talking and He's telling us the justice and mercy and faithfulness are more important. What's faithfulness? I see it as God telling me something and I'm faithful to act in line. Okay, that's a good one. Anybody else have any other ideas? How many of you guys could tell me one thing that you know about the Bible that God has called people to do? Terry? He calls us to love one another as he loves us. Okay. Is that the one you were going to use? Okay. <laughs> to go out and uh, spread my word and seek, seek the lost sheep. Okay, go and seek the lost sheep. Go spread the word. Anything else? Love your neighbor as thyself. Love your neighbor. Okay. And then in the Old Testament, he said, "Lend your Caesar, but he wants to keep it, and then you're better than him." Mm-hmm. 
right? And these things are important. These things are important, otherwise the whole Bible is just a waste of time, amen? And so if the whole Bible is a waste of time, then that means that the story about Jesus dying on a cross was for nothing. And if the whole story about Jesus dying on a cross was for nothing, then you and I are just, we might as well just call it a night after dinner. Right? Does that make sense? Like this is really how we need to start looking and understanding things. How we need to figure out how to take our emotions out and put our faith in to put our ears to the heavens and listen to what God is saying, to put our eyes to the word of God and read what he's saying, put our feet to the streets and do what God is saying. You see, because if we just gave, can you imagine how different the world would look if in your time you gave 16.8 hours a week to the service of the Lord? How would that change or transform the world? How about if you did 5% and gave 8.4 hours a week to the service of the Lord? How would that look? It would change, it would transform the world. Would 4.2 hours change the world? So people, what are we doing? What, what is it that we are doing? Procrastination. Procrastination. That we're slacking. On a we're good. slacking. Okay, <laughs> anybody else got another idea about what we're doing? Are we being obedient or disobedient? disobedient. Right, and so is that walking in the blessing or walking in the curse? Are we telling God that what he says does not matter, or are we saying, God, I'll figure it out for my own self. Yo, you just check yourself, right? Hey, big guy, you're about to wreck yourself. I'm good. I got this. Anybody been in that situation before? You hear that still small voice telling you, hey, don't do that, and you do it, and you go, oh, boy, I did that, <laughs> right? Luke 18, 12, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Is that about tithing? Eh, it says tithes right in it. And I give tithes of all that I get. So I typically, since I've been a pastor, have had two or three jobs, two or three streams of income coming in where I work here and I work there and then, and then the church. And so I'm like, well, how, or I get a gift from somebody, like October was Pastor Appreciation Month, and one year I had a member of the congregation write me a check for $100. And they said, Pastor, I really appreciate you. And I said, this is for you. And I remember thinking to myself, well, that's not my pay. That's a gift. Like, I should get all my gift. And I had to work through this thing to try and figure out what God is calling me to do in my giving. Like, the struggle is real, right? It's real. It's tough. It's hard to figure out sometimes. But I have to figure out what's the most important thing to me. 
The most important thing to me, above and beyond my wife, my children, my congregation, is my God. He has to be first in my life. And so first in my life means that I need to walk with a greater obedience. So I can't remember if I gave 10 bucks or not. I'll say for the sake of the story that I did, I was a good Christian. I gave him 10 bucks to the church. I don't know that I did. Um, I used to do construction, and so we would always have cash jobs. Well, do I give money out of that? I ain't giving Caesar any. What matters most to God? Right. He's after your what? He's after your heart. Amen. I, I need you to always remember this. Now here we go. So now we're getting back to tithing. This is time, treasure, and talents right here. Okay. Acts 2.42 to 45. Because this is, this is the dream of most people church planters. I want an Acts 2.42 church. Well, let me tell you, this is, as, this is as close to an Acts 2.40 church as I've ever seen in my life. Y'all there? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put that there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I say this, I say this because I know in my heart of hearts that we can do better. All right? We can do better. In defense of the owner of that phone, Alora did give her the <laughs> when she tried taking it back. You don't argue with that three-year-old. <laughs> yes. All right. So Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. What's an apostle? One that is called and sent out. One who is called and sent out. Okay. So whose teachings are you guys submitting to? Hopefully, <coughs> <me>. Right? <laughs> right? Because this one will, yeah, <laughs> not always lead you where you need to go, I think. So, what's that? So, devoted themselves, what does that take? Devoted, what is that referring to? This would be time, treasure, or talent. Time, absolutely, it would be time. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, so it mattered to them. It mattered to the disciples, it mattered to this group of people who are now members of the way, right? And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and so they called themselves the way and they followed Jesus, but they had to spend time together to do that. So 
what does that look like? Is it just Sunday mornings or Saturday nights that we're talking about, or are there other opportunities? If, you're, if you are thinking about trying to get to that, so does your time at the ladies' Bible study count as service to the Lord? I see one head nodding a certain direction. Two heads nodding a certain direction. I heard a third, yep. Sounds like everybody else is confused. Why are you afraid to say yes or no? How many of you guys are still afraid to, to say the wrong answer in public and look like you are not a Bible person? Let me tell you, I suffer from the same thing, but probably uh, multiplied as a pastor because if you don't know everything in certain circles, then you're an idiot, right? So what we're creating here is this, where we are devoted to teaching, and I try and tell you guys as often as I can that it's not about being right or wrong all the time, but we're creating a safe place for all of us to learn. So I say take a shot at it. You got a 50-50 shot. And there's no shame in this game of trying to figure it out like it's really an honest thing. So I would say that it would work towards your time. Mm -hmm. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. Where did bread come from? Do you think they got it for 69 cents down at the quick trip down there? They would make it themselves. So that would also be time. That would also be treasure, right? And prayers, more time, and all came upon every soul. All of what? What was this all about? God. It was about God. And how many of us actually get to that point in our studying the word, our fellowshipping with one another, that we are like, oh my gosh. Remember that first verse that I showed you and how the last line, it blew my mind after 15 years of doing this? It blew my mind today. I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. When's the last oh my gosh moment you had in the word of God? This morning. Okay. One this morning. Your Deborah study, excellent. My hope is that you get to a point where you're spending time with God so much that you have those moments every day that you have those moments every day because that's how often God wants to meet with you. You keep trying to tell her not to do stuff. She don't want to listen to you. She just wants what she wants. Yep, I'm three. Come here. No, you don't get the phone. You know better, don't you? Come on, punk eater. She acts just like a three-year-old. Oh my gosh. Right? It's taken me three years to act like a three-year-old. That's okay, Laura. I turn three next year. I'll be 53 and I'll act just the same way. Yes. I will act the same way. No doubt. That was a well-placed no doubt, honey. All right. So, and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. How many of you guys have received healing in this church? Amen. How many of you guys have uh, had prayers in this church? How many of you guys have seen miracles and signs and wonders in this church? Amen. That is the working of God himself, and that is what we are called to do. Clearly, it tells us there. 
So when we learn how to pray, we learn how to lift people up, we start walking in faith, we become a place of healing for the nation or those around us. And so we can produce miracle signs and wonders by the power of God in the house of God and wherever God is calling us to. Like seriously, when I'm talking about walking around the hospital for healing, I say we walk around the hospital and we start declaring healing. Yes, we are praying around the hospital. That's right. She's like, that's a good idea. I wish you could see her little hand pat me in the back. So why are we not doing the things? You see, because if we spend enough time in the word with one another, we start to really recognize that we are a safe place. That when one of us is having a struggle, others can be there. And I know that we're dropping the ball in certain areas. We are. And we all have our reasons for that. Right? And I don't care. I don't care if it's not calling the pastor when you go into the hospital. Not calling the pastor when you take your mother to the hospital. Not calling the pastor when you drive to the hospital. <laughs> but I'm not going to point anyone out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's places we can get better, amen? amen. But if we, keep, if we keep pretending that everything is good, we're never going to get beyond. Remember, God wants your heart, right? So submit to God. All right, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They had all things in common. One of the struggles that I have in my life, and again, I'm, I'm honest, is I need my downtime where my brain just stops, where I can put it on something, and then God keeps reminding me, like, Fred, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right? Like, why do you need to watch Friday Night Lights for four hours before you go to bed? Well, because it helps me relax. If it helped you relax, you could watch one episode and go right to bed. Mm -hmm. um, hey, Fred, I know that you, you do your Bible reading in the morning, but why can't you read the Bible at night? To which I say, well, God, if you gave me a brain that could retain anything that I read so that I knew what I just read in the morning when I wake up, then I wouldn't be feeling like I'm wasting my time. Anybody that obstinate? Or am I the only one in the room? <laughs> like, I know, my, I know my brain. I don't like it all the time. All right. All right, so here we go. 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Hoo-hoo, how do you like that? You know, it's interesting because uh, I had a discussion with someone, a fellow brother from Pakistan this morning, our time. Stuff like that, and he's like, Well, you 
Okay? Right? Now, I'm not calling, nor is God calling everybody to give away everything that you have. Not. But he's calling you to be obedient. Back to that word again. Everything we're doing has got to revolve around obedience to the Father. Right? So one of the things that we're doing is the pigs. Another thing is the chickens. We tried a garden. I failed at that. Um, but we did have some nice stuff for, uh, from a garden this year. You know, so we can do some things to start making a difference. We do, out of this little church, we do food for families. Every week we go get food for people. So if you know families who need food, let us know so that we can distribute the food to the families that need it. We have two cases of chips downstairs, and not that that's nutritious, but I have a case of yellow peppers at home. I have, you know, yeah, two cases of ground beef. We have stuff. We have stuff available, but we should be, we should be outside of ourselves enough to where we know the brothers and sisters who actually need help so that we can get them the help. Right? Like some weeks, all you need to do to help is... Allie, since I got the job at Cardinal, Allie's been going down every Thursday and picking up food. Well, can somebody ride with and help if she needs help? Can somebody help her distribute? Can somebody help her to put the boxes back? Can somebody be available to just sort out boxes so that we can get it to three, four, five, six families every week? Is that enough? Look around and look at how small our church is. Would that not be a pretty good number? Like we're giving food away to to almost half of who come on a regular basis, would that not feel good to be obedient to God? So are we willing to do some things, right? Like this is our mission, to serve the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. Hey. Do you have to or do you get to? Do you have to or do you get to? Amen. That's a very important distinguish, distinguishing. You need to distinguish between the two. I forgot the word I was looking for. What comes to my mind is Satan wants us every bit as much as God does. And every time we Satan's going to try to bend us off the straight and narrow to be with anything like doubting, should I give him a ride on Easter? Or should I come over and help sort food? You know, oh, maybe, I don't know, I'm pretty busy. Oh, I'm tired, I'm going to sit in the lazy boy. Or, you know, mm-hmm. every little nudge you hear is coming from more than one direction. you got to discern when God is actually calling, because God certainly isn't going to call you to serve 
Okay. We're going to serve, it's saying it right here, we're going to serve others. Serve one another. The proceeds to all. The proceeds may be as simple as putting your arm around someone and talking to someone and giving them that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Because everybody needs to know that they have, that they're loved, that they have value and they have a purpose. Sometimes, sometimes you can, you can change somebody's world by giving them a hug, by letting them know that you love them. But if we're too busy to say, how are you doing and mean it, we're out to lunch. Amen. All right, so commentary by White, Ariel White. Tithe or tithing, words deriving from an old English word for tenth and representing a charge upon produce or labor levied for the maintenance mainly of religious activities. So this is just one definition of tithing. So this gets to Jody's point. The building, does it cost more to run in the winter or the summer? Does it cost money to run? Right, all the lights, the internet, everything that we do here costs money. And so when you give to the church, what you guys, I think I've told you this or not, but down at the bottom of the stairs, have you seen the Kenya and the Uganda pictures? That trip was partially funded by tithing from this church. So there's a church and an orphanage that eat because of this church. That's what you guys are doing already, right? Like to think about those kids down there that are eating because you're giving. Think about how much you give and how much we're actually able to give out. So it's important for us. We, we're longing to do more, uh, some local stuff as well because we believe in tithing that as we receive tithes, we're to tithe on our tithing. So we give out to the community, right? And that's important. So um, I'll point this out one time just to help you understand what it looks like to volunteer here at Torn, okay? And I know you guys know the answer to this, but I'm gonna answer it again if anybody's on Facebook. How much do I make a month? Zero. What's my monthly salary? What's my weekly salary? Zero. What's my hourly salary? Zero. Okay. What do you get paid for volunteering here? Zero. Okay. So everything that we do is a blessing in the kingdom of God to God from God. And so all the time that I spend doing everything that I do, I do it all for God and for you guys completely free because we're a small church. God called me to plant this church. It's like, well, God, how do I do this? How do I do this? Well, guess what? He's been making it work. He's been making it happen, right? And so when you look and you say, well, I don't have time, maybe you can look and think and see what pastor's doing and follow that example a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So instead of having 10% of the church serving the other 90%, maybe we flip that script and we have 90% of people serving and 10% receiving, right? And what does serving look like? Well, serving can look like uh, just...
just going and sitting with a tired mom. We got any tired moms in the house? Yeah. Hands glued to your lap? <laughs> right? But what, is it, what does it look like to go spend an hour with Tara and Laura? To just go hang out. To give her a little bit of relief because life has been bombshelling her. What does it look like? If we have 20 people in the room and 20 people take a half an hour a week, or every other week. How, what are we doing? Stretching and asking them all along. Right. And uh, we will before the night's out. Because, uh, yeah, that needs to be talked about and prayed about. So, we can make a difference. Right? Church is not just Saturday or Sunday. All right. Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Do you think that I have come to abolish the law? And this is another one of those, get ready to be, what? Because when you put this together, you're going to say, oh my gosh. Do you think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Is the law gone? No. But the law is fulfilled. Do we still have an obligation to items of the law? Yes. Right? Like... What is God calling us to do? To be obedient. To be obedient to him, to love, to, to share, to be a part of something more than what we're being a part of, guys. Like truthfully, God is calling us to something so beautiful and something so incredible. But somehow, somewhere, people are losing sight of the word of God and they're putting their emotions in because it's uncomfortable to talk about tithing. My first church, I was told not to talk about tithing. Guess what I did? Talked about tithing. Because I was not born a chicken. There, see any feathers? <laughs> I have yet to lay an egg. No beak. No beak. Um, I'm not a chicken. And I believe that the entire word of God, the entire word of God, the entire word of God is good for teaching. Right? It's good for reproof. It's good for us to learn to know, to ingest, to walk with. And if we forget about giving, then it's silly. Okay? And it's right here in the Word of God again. So, um, there's many ways to give. Time, treasure, talent. Time, treasure, talent. Time, treasure, talent. We all got something we can do, even if it's a phone call to another one. And I double-dog dare you to get in a relationship with somebody besides your friends. The church has got to expand, got to spread her wings. 
All right, so part of the, part of the things that are going on, and we'll just share with the Alora portion. Um, so how, three months ago? on the 13th and he had to get hospitalized immediately um, that I did with the help of Sarah um, and she had brain surgery on the 16th the surgery she had had a 90% success rate however we haven't seen signs of success and on uh, last Monday she had um, an MRI of her brain it was not successful, um, so she will be getting admitted again soon. She'll be undergoing at least one more brain procedure and more will be decided during the admission. Um, this is going to be a long struggle for her. And uh, it's very scary, it's very isolating, and uh, it's uh, painful to watch your children struggle and not be able to take away their pain, um, their, their, their struggles in life. Um, so we're about to get into it again. So the brain procedure is uh, water on the brain. Um, and so your brain has water on it, but it needs to get to the four lobes of your brain. And so she produces more than she can distribute or get rid of. There's a chamber. There was a chamber between three and four, I believe it was, that was blocked. The procedure was to unblock that. That did not work. So that, that sweet little girl is struggling. That sweet little girl needs your prayers. And if you've ever been a mom or a dad, you can only imagine how much mom needs our prayers. Right? Mom needs some time. Um, mom needs some uh, time to just be loved up on a little bit. And, um, and guess what? Can you, imagine, can you imagine how hard it is? Right? And it's not, it's not like this isn't a blessing, so I don't know why the church doesn't do a lot of this stuff. You know? We just have to figure out how. We have to figure out how we how we give time when we're tired, right? How do you do that? It's like, I'm exhausted. I don't have time. I don't have whatever. But uh, we have one of our own that needs help. And uh, there are other scenarios going on in our world that, that need help and need prayer, right? And uh, it's just really important. So I'm going to close up the service. And if we could have people just glom around them, uh, lift up that little girl and, and her family in prayer. That would be fantastic because we're, we're a God who believes in that stuff or we're a church that believes in that stuff, amen? amen. <coughs> so it's not necessarily about tithing, it's about obedience, which is about tithing, which is about giving. So I want you guys to know there's a reason that the lights are on today. That's because people have given. 
There's a reason that the lights will be on tomorrow. That's because people give. There's a reason that we're able to go and get food. There's a reason, there's a reason, there's a reason. Because people are obedient. Okay? So I'm proud of you guys. Uh, none of this would be possible without you guys. Um, and I know that I say it oftentimes that I'd sit in this room and preach to myself just so I could learn. Um, which is true, but I sure do like having you here. It's a lot easier. Otherwise, I'd probably stay at home. All right, so let me pray, and then we'll go pray. All right, so Father God, we love you, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, Father. We thank you. We're thankful that you are, are the best gift giver there is. You have shown us by giving us colors, by giving us life, by giving us love, by giving us neighbors. Father, everything that we have is yours. So, Lord God, I just pray that we would remember that in, in every moment of our lives, that, that we're to spend our lives in gratitude to you. That means walking it out, not out of guilt or not out of shame, but out of obedience and out of, out of blessing. Father, there's only one you. And uh, let us worship you. Benjamin Franklin looks good in our pocket, but has no eternal value. So, Lord, help us to worship the right God. Help us to love one another. Help us to spread your word. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. So if I am, uh, so if you guys could just gather around them.